Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of your Homegirls podcast. I'm Jillian. I'm Sharon. And I'm Fatima. Uh, today, I just want to dive right in with uh, something I found really interesting online. Um, did you know that in Hamilton, Ontario, you can rent out your apartment, your house, whatever, but you cannot rent out your swimming pool? What? That is, yeah, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, so I came across this article, basically. There is this platform called um, Swimply, <laughs> which is like... I guess like swim yeah I guess so something Airbnb of swimming pools Mm -hmm. yeah exactly it's the Airbnb of like swimming pools um where like residents can rent out their swimming pool like by the hour to like other families and stuff rather than going to like community pools um so I guess like it kind of blew up during COVID because like there were so many restrictions that makes sense um you know people like couldn't go places (laughs) so they were renting out um like private pools for use like by the hour or whatever um and yeah the city of hamilton had a total conniption fit about it (laughs) because they consider it commercial recreation so it doesn't conform to bylaws like to zoning bylaws that i feel like that that makes sense though Mm because you know what first came to my mind like that's a lot of pee in one swimming pool (laughs) and you can't tell me like they're not peeing in those swimming pools well yeah i think that was the other thing too like especially since it kind of blew up during covid they were uh they were talking about how it's um like a potential health issue yeah Yeah, i was thinking that was also my first thought too like a lot of potential health hazards like what are the regulations behind that how healthy could that be like someone randomly diving in like there's no shower out there that other public pools yeah. will provide for people to clean yeah off. and yeah it's just i, I wonder yeah i wonder how many people like at public pools actually use the, the showers shower. that you're supposed to use um when my parents forced me to be in swim team which i didn't even know how to swim they just forced me to <laughs> be on an swim team in middle school um, I would just take a shower because of peer pressure. I was too embarrassed to not take a shower beforehand. It was yeah. just like the pack mentality. I guess you f- do what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I didn't know why the fuck I did it because I was doing swim team at such a young age, even though I didn't know how to swim. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. I don't know if a lot of people do actually rinse themselves off. Yeah, because like you're supposed to right before you get in the pool, and then like when you get out, it's well because the chemicals. But I don't know. Like I've. I mean, I've probably been to a public pool and. A long time. 10 years. (laughs) Like, probably 10 years about that, other than, like, maybe on vacation. But, um, you know, like, uh, the amount of people I've seen going in the swimming area, bone dry. Like, no way you rinsed off. Yeah, Yeah. and I feel like also, yeah, I guess the upkeeping of the pool. Like, are they making sure to... I'm sure there's, like, a certain level of, what is it, chlorophene? Chlorine. Chlorine. (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be in the the water. And, like, is someone who who just has a pool in their backyard going to know about that? Not really. I mean, like, how different is it really from just, like, having your friends over to your pool it's like that too one yeah. big warm bathtub really for like a bunch <laughs> of strangers like how gross is that so i guess i agree with this um this uh bylaw i guess yeah i feel like in some ways like it the the points are valid like they're making valid points um i also saw some stuff um one person was who was against them kind of enforcing these bylaws um was talking about how it provides like a safe space for for example um like muslim women who 
don't have a pool at home and can't use like a public pool because of like religious reasons with like putting on like a swimsuit and being exposed in public and that kind of thing um I thought that was kind of like an interesting perspective I'm not really yeah I guess I guess because like if they want to do like an all-women's party where they're not wearing like the burkini like Mm -hmm. um, and they just want to be in a regular bathing suit yeah i i know back home we have so much so many options for all women pools whereas i can see that point of view i can also see your point of view from before saying like how is it different from a bunch of friends like when it's like teenagers or kids they don't care yeah <laughs> yeah if they're gonna if their parents can throw them a cool pool party that's not at the community center they want it like mm-hmm. i feel like they would be really into that and they would not stop to think this water is gross like it's gonna be far from one of the first thoughts that comes to their mind yeah you know it's funny i'm kind of like iffy about hot tubs like if they don't look like super clean like i will not get in a hot tub that i feel like hasn't been like well maintained enough i'll jump in any pool well because there's also that weird (laughs) um i don't know if it's like a stigma but a lot of people doing dirty things in there and uh, all the bubbles and stuff that are like very stimulating from what i've heard (laughs) (laughs) from what you've heard um yeah i guess hot tub is a little bit more gross because also bacteria can grow in heat yeah i also feel like it's like a smaller body of water so it like feels more like a bath and people are more likely to like rub them not rub them like just lay back against yeah the wall the actual walls of the hot tub so yeah, plus, like, a pool's, like, uh, filter system is, like, for bigger. For the most and, part. Like, <laughs> yeah, for the most part. Like, you never know. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Hot tubs gross me out far more than pools do. Like, all, like, I, I'm not big on, like, community pools. But in terms of, like, if I go to a friend's house or if I were to ever stay in, like, an Airbnb or a hotel or whatever, like, I'm, if there's a pool, I'm hopping in. Yeah. No, you, that's... You can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> While we're talking about rentals, what do you guys prefer? hotels or like airbnbs i think personally i'm a bit of a hotel girly um i don't know like honestly like i feel like if most of the time if i'm going away somewhere i don't want to like cook and clean by myself like i would love to pay someone to do it for me (laughs) and i don't want to you know i want my bed made every day for me and like fresh towels and blah 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 and like you just don't get that like service at airbnbs um, for me, I don't think I've traveled enough to have a good full opinion on it, but I think that I would prefer hotels, especially depending on where I'm traveling to, just because I'm very paranoid about like the security, about uh, certain situations happening or, you know, maybe potential cameras yeah. in Airbnbs. You never know how reliable these hosts can be. Yeah. Not to shit on anybody, but um, I mean, I've had great Airbnb stays. <laughs> it can but be creepy. It could be creepy. Yeah. yeah. What about you? I feel like there's some horror stories with Airbnbs. I mean, personally, I've had in terms of like local, really great Airbnb stays. But going abroad, I've always, I've always just done hotels um, or like resorts. And Mm -hmm. um, I've never been adventurous or brave enough to do like Airbnbs abroad. Yeah, Yeah. I think I kind of have that same mentality. Like when I do travel abroad, I would probably likely go for a hotel or a resort. And I do a lot like realistically the only airbnbs i've ever had have been local or within 100 kilometers yeah yeah i feel like my biggest problem with like airbnb like i've done it before um you know going like skiing or something like that like to like a chalet we've generally done airbnbs um other than that when i go away it's always a hotel but i feel like 
a big thing in Canada and the U.S. is like all those hidden fees, mm. like the insane cleaning fees that are like 200 bucks. And then, um, you know, the service fees and blah, blah, blah. Like you don't get that with hotels. Like, yeah, maybe the initial cost is more money, but ultimately I feel like it's generally cheaper. Yeah. I've heard that more abroad europe australia that kind of thing it's a lot more reasonable and transparent with airbnbs i don't think they have quite the problems that maybe we do in north america but and the expectation might be different like i remember um even my sister did an airbnb and she put the sheets she washed the sheets after actually and she didn't take them out of the dryer and the host uh, left her a really bad review because she didn't take the sheets out of the dryer so now anytime she tries to go through airbnb she has a hard time because people are oh, other hosts. Yeah, they look at those reviews. Mm-hmm. That's really crappy. Did they think that she stole those sheets? No, she just said that she never. She, she just didn't. she didn't properly put the sheets away, and then it goes back to kind of your point. Like, so what about those hidden cleaning fees? Are we supposed to be washing our sheets and making our beds before we leave? Yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah, it seems kind of crazy to me. Like the whole point of the platform is like, it's. I mean, when it started, I mean, it's like Uber, right? Like, Uber's way more expensive than cabs now. But when it started, it was, like, a cheaper alternative to um, something that already existed in the industry. And it was kind of more ran by whoever the fuck. It wasn't, like, as regulated. It was sort of freelancing in a sense. Yeah, yeah. It was literally, like, doing, like, contract driving for Uber, like, contract hotel work for Airbnb, like, freelancing it. Um, And it's just gained so much popularity it's evolved into this honestly like problematic industry in my mind Mm -hmm. uh i've heard so many horror stories Uh, i was actually reading one the other day on reddit this um this person booked like this last minute airbnb in new york and it had said that there was security cameras on the premises which is like you know fairly normal to have even like ring doorbells or like security cameras around the perimeter of the house or the apartment or whatever for safety. And after they booked, they got a message from the owner saying, hey, there's security cameras in the unit. Please confirm you're okay with this. And it was a studio apartment. So (laughs) who would be okay with that? Yeah. So the cameras in a studio are obviously like in your bedroom where you're getting changed and sleeping. So they said, like, no, I'm not cool with this. Um, I want to cancel. And the owner or the host, I guess, wouldn't let them. Uh, they contacted Airbnb. They were like, yeah, we'll give you a full refund and we'll even cover 30% of your stay in the hotel that you go to. They booked a hotel. Um, and then over the next couple of days, they were back and forth with Airbnb. They're like, oh, actually, we're not going to give you a refund or cover your stay as we previously promised. Of because course. in the advertisement, it said that there were security cameras. And this person was like, OK, I get that. But also, as per your like regulations and guidelines, you can't have security cameras in like private areas. So like bedrooms and yeah. washrooms and that kind of thing. And they said, well, you know, like... Um, the host said that the camera was pointing away from the bed and this person is like well you can control cameras remotely (laughs) it's getting like crazy yeah like it's not you know it's not guaranteed like i don't feel comfortable with it it violates your community guidelines or your user guidelines or whatever you want to call it and uh it kind of snowballed and i guess now 
this person i don't i don't like i don't know if it's a man or a woman or what or like i don't know what their name is but uh this person is taking airbnb to court over this incident because they're like good on them yeah Yeah, so they're uh i guess they used to be an attorney um in a totally different (laughs) yeah yeah, totally different sects of law um but they're like you know i was i was in a position where i could go get a hotel room and i could afford the extra cost even though like as annoying as it was that i didn't get my refund it's not a detriment to me yeah Yeah. but like people who you know are spending like all they have who maybe don't have the money if they're put in like an uncomfortable unsafe situation like that like that's why this person's going to court to kind of fight for those people who do get put in these uncomfortable situations in foreign cities or even foreign countries and don't have another way to do it because they can afford it like what would what would you even want to do with that footage that's all i am thinking Mm -hmm. i would never want anybody to have footage of me in in a bedroom you don't know what they where they can be selling it online what platforms they can be uploading it to that's insane to me yeah exactly i think that was a a big part of it so this lawyer worked in uh, human trafficking okay oh wow and yeah, yeah and they had said like a lot of victims had uh compromising videos of them like changing like being intimate with people yeah. like you can sleeping get targeted like that no? yeah you like, can like that's how a lot of people are targeted so that's like instantly where their mind went because that was the career that they yeah. were in um even if that's not the intention of this host <laughs> it's still uncomfortable <laughs> yeah it could be it could potentially be a host that is simply not knowledgeable enough or foreign to this country and doesn't grasp the concept of that the studio could be compromising someone's privacy with the bedroom yeah. being in there but like that's interesting that they were a human trafficking lawyer or attorney because you never know they could be uploading this footage to websites and someone could t- be picking you out like a catalog yeah and then they could sell mm-hmm. your information to them for any amount of money exactly yeah. that's really like exactly that's insane that's yeah <sighs> huge huge violation of privacy like when you're going to an airbnb when you're going anywhere and staying at a hotel airbnb you're going somewhere and you want to make sure you're feeling safe um not only in the location but within the actual property like i've even heard of people who've had like airbnb hosts show up and you know yes this is your property but right now i'm technically renting it out and you can't just come in when you please yeah yeah it's just insane it's like with tenants you need to give notice you can't just show up unless it's like an absolute like dire emergency I wonder, um, I wonder what, like, the regulations for that look like. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's something we, we need to kind of take a look at. Like, if, because um, with tenants, if you're renting out your property under a standard, like, residential tenancy agreement, landlords can't enter the property without 24 hours notice that's- or, like, in an emergency situation with permission. Yeah. How is there not something like that for short-term rentals? It should be there, yeah. Yeah. I uh, I wonder if that's maybe something that we'll have to dig through the the like uh, terms and conditions for that on airbnb Mm -hmm. i'm sure it's somewhere on their website we can find yeah Yeah. i think too a lot of airbnbs like you're renting out a room or a basement or something in someone's house where they're actually living so you know how do you enforce that well also to think like it's it's um there could be a lot of loopholes because it's something that's online yeah it's not necessarily like a tangible business or service it's very much regulated online there could be a lot of there could be these regulations that just aren't regulated or enforceable yeah i'm sure they have their you know like their um 
rules on their site or whatever, but it's not like it's binding law, yeah. like a yeah. residential tenancy agreement. Exactly. Yeah. And there's no um, presiding body like our landlord-tenant board. Yeah. I think because it's getting so popular so big a ton like everybody and their mom wants to own an airbnb yeah. <laughs> wants to host it like even my sister was inquiring about toronto which um i guess we're gonna get into about toronto short-term rentals but uh it's so big now there needs to be a lot more regulations yeah. on it mm-hmm. uh, because it's very favorable to the hosts right now yeah um and again not to say that some of these situations we shouldn't be favorable to the host, but there is two sides here. There's two parties. There's a host and there's a guest. Yeah. So yeah. there should be some protection for the guests as well because they're paying... A lot of these Airbnbs are not cheap. We're paying big money. And yeah. like you said, there's tons of fees, cleaning, um, a lot of extra services sometimes you don't see up front. And so we need, we need some protection as well for the yeah. guests. Yeah, I saw... Um, I saw like a Twitter thread and someone was complaining about like their airbnb experience um i think i think they said like they you know they like tidied up they took the trash out they stripped the beds and whatever but like they didn't like do like a proper vacuum or mop or something and the owner rated them really poorly uh which sucks because it makes it harder for you to like and they paid 180 dollar cleaning fee so they're pissed off about it so this person was kind of ranting on twitter about it and this thread completely blew up and i found like kind of like a a sub thread i guess um this person replied and was like yeah i'm a host um i have a 285 dollar cleaning fee with my property but i don't expect anyone to do any type of cleaning up after themselves like they can leave it a complete mess for all i care because i'm charging 285 dollars and this person was getting torn to shreds rightfully so i mean that's that's a huge cleaning fee like most, imagine most you rent this place for two days if yeah. you're there for six months that's a different okay story, yeah. yeah um and a lot of people were like oh my god that's insane why don't you build it into the price yeah he's like well i want to clean my my or i want to pay my cleaners a living wage which is like x amount in the state plus supplies plus blah 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 for like an eight hour day and it was like a three-bedroom property like dude we you know we have personal cleaners who come like yeah. once a month to our homes that are in constant use and it's like 150 bucks for something comparable and it takes yeah. like two hours a like, full like move out clean after a tenant has been <clears throat> there for years yeah. is like 500 bucks and that's like a f- full house like top like to bottom deep yeah. clean they're cleaning we're cleaning everything yeah right? um so to charge 285 yeah. for someone that might have been there maybe like two nights yeah that's crazy like they're it's, pocketing it right yeah. yeah it's bizarre to me because like as a good like a good guest i will clean up after myself and stuff like that in general but like the deep cleans i don't i never even knew people were doing like that i would not even broom unless i actually dropped a bunch of chips or anything yeah i would never yeah i would never (laughs) sweep but you know what i mean i wouldn't sweep or mop or anything unless like i made the mess and it's like very visible and obvious like Like, i wouldn't leave like dirty dishes but i'm also not gonna like clean the toilets yeah. and scrub down the tub yeah, you know exactly. like and go squeegee the bathtub like just like I'll, I'll leave it reasonable yeah if if leave yeah how you how you came into it yeah like, like right? if, exactly. if there was a spill i'm gonna wipe it up or if there yeah. were crumbs i'll sweep that up or whatever just like but regular human decency yeah but i'm not gonna go detail your property if yeah. i'm paying a fee exactly and not That's only bizarre. that i feel like when you signed up to be a host i mean in my mindset if i'm a host 
of course, if I'm constantly having different people coming in and out of the property, I'm already expecting that I'm going to be cleaning to some level of extent. So you can't tell me that wasn't initially like partially um, thought about in the price of the stay. I, I understand adding an extra cleaning fee, but when it goes into the hundreds and then two hundreds, like it just doesn't make sense. You yeah. already know what you signed up for. You have to clean between guests. That's just yeah. the nature of the business you decided to start. Yeah. And the the thing that blows my mind too. So this particular place, I think it was in like Florida, like it was a southern state. Um, we all know the cost. Uh, well, I I definitely know the cost of American real estate yeah. significantly lower, yeah. like to the hundreds of thousands of dollars lower than Ontario real estate. Yeah. So like we know what a mortgage looks like on this place. You're charging, most places are charging like hotel prices. So say 100 to $150 a night, right? Some places even charge more depending on how many guests there are. Yeah. So let's say like average, this was like a beachfront property, like three bedrooms. So probably like 150 a night, let's say. Someone's staying for three nights, that's $450 that you're putting in your pocket. Your monthly mortgage is probably like $450. Even if you buy it at like an expensive point, like say your monthly mortgage is $1,500, like let's just say, like let's let's call it 1500. You need to rent out your place for 9 days to cover your mortgage. And in those in those popular places yeah. you are on a beachfront all month it's long. constantly never, rented out but also we have to keep in mind they do pay like the airbnb fees and the property managed like the arbitrage fees as well there are yeah like there are but like you know like you're charging expense like i've seen cottages in muskoka for over a thousand dollars for night. a three-day weekend yeah. Or yeah, I've seen like five, six hundred dollars a night. Yeah, like I've seen over a thousand a night. Like at, yeah. at popular times and during yeah. COVID, it was crazy because everybody was doing staycations. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and everyone was desperate they were to so get somewhere. Expensive. Yeah, and yeah. on top of that, once you added all the fees, like it literally could have well been like a, a trip, trip across, to Cuba. Yeah, yeah, across the world. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, all inclusive. Yeah. So I mean, let's say you're doing a cottage in Muskoka, right? For three days, you're probably looking at fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars, even if you're splitting it among friends, like whatever. Unless it was like acquired in the peak of the pandemic, that cottage is not costing that homeowner that much money, yeah. Yeah. right? And then to pay cleaners, realistically, hundred hundred and fifty bucks to come in for a couple hours. Because the thing is, if you're if you're having people like if you're having cleaners after every single stay that place is being regularly cleaned it doesn't need like a thorough deep clean like it needs like you're not scrubbing baseboards for hours right you're doing regular maintenance on it so like yeah it's probably going to be a little bit messy but like nothing crazy for the most part if someone actually like you know has leaves a huge stain on the carpet that like needs extra cleaning like charge them for it you know like but to charge a normal person three hundred dollars on top of their like fifteen hundred dollars stay or even um even like a 280 so this particular instance right 285 dollars on a two-night stay that's probably the cost of the rental that's doubling the cost yeah you might as well go to a hotel hotels aren't doing that to you hotels are probably going to be cheaper than that yeah or like if you are paying that so at that point what like five fifty three uh six hundred bucks for a two-night stay including that cleaning fee and all the other hidden fees 
you're staying at a bougie hotel yeah. where you're not cooking for yourself. You don't need to clean up. You don't need to worry about like the extra charges like hotels just charge you if you like steal shit or <laughs> or like actually make damage right like hotels aren't going to charge you for a stain on the sheets yeah <laughs> airbnb hosts will you know like it's i don't know it's it's getting completely out of hand in my opinion it's out of control um but in toronto they i'm not quite sure when they've begun this they have these regulations for short short-term rental yeah um, that we were discussing earlier yeah so in toronto i believe it came to effect in like 2019 or something like it's been around for a while um but short-term rentals so first of all tons and tons of condos don't allow them at all yeah um and like they'll have signs like posted specifically like which is no why Airbnb. There's, so much, there's so much vacancies especially in toronto yeah so Basically, the rule in Toronto is that um, you cannot rent out your home as a short-term rental for more than 180 days in a calendar year. So that doesn't mean like necessarily a consecutive stay. You could rent out to as many people as you want until you hit that 180-day cap. And then if you surpass that, you are breaching the bylaw and you could potentially be fined or whatever for it. Um, And along with that... In Toronto, if your home is vacant for six months or more, uh, with some extenuating circumstances, like if you're sick, if you're renovating, like something like that, it's acceptable if it's your primary residence. But if you have a secondary home um, that's vacant for more than six months, you're subject to, um, uh, I think it's a 1% tax. Okay. Um, for like, it's called the vacant home tax, yeah. and it's based off of the... Um, like the current value assessment from the year prior, I guess. So uh, for 2022, you'd pay that tax in 2023. So the deadline just passed not too long ago. Um, I guess yeah, about a February month or so. 2nd, it was February yeah. 2nd. Um, and you'd pay like a 1%. So if you had a million dollar condo in Toronto, you'd pay a $10,000 tax yeah, yeah. if your home was vacant for more than six months. But you're also not allowed to rent it out for more than, I guess, 180 days would be just shy of six months, like just shy of half yeah. of a year. So um, if you did go for the one, like for the Airbnb rental style or like, you know, Verbo or whatever, yeah. if you went for that like rental, like short term rental thing, you would be subject to the tax automatically because you legally can't rent it out for long enough to be eligible it's like yeah. five or six days short or sure. something yeah it's um, literally just it's yeah like yeah two and a half days short <laughs> yeah yeah two and yeah. a half days short technically because it'd be 365 days in a year yeah. right so you'd have to rent it out for 182.5 days <laughs> to not be eligible for this tax yeah. um so yeah you'd have to pay the tax so the idea i guess is that it deters um homeowners with like multiple properties from going the short-term rental route even though it is much more profitable and uh kind of like convinces them i guess to rent out to long-term tenants so like yeah you know long-term being like there's like a housing crisis there's a huge yeah. demand for people to have more affordable homes because a lot of these short-term rentals exist it is causing less av- available inventory for 
tenants who need a home yeah who can afford to buy a house at the moment and yeah that causes the rental prices to increase significantly because there's little to no inventory and i mean the rental market does fluctuate but for the most part compared to even like a couple years ago it's so much more expensive renting a house now especially in toronto mm-hmm. and i feel like also with that though I'm, i am a bit on the fence i do see that point but i feel like there's also another side whereas when you have um more airbnb available that kind of goes hand in hand with the tourism and hospitality in, mm-hmm. industry so it helps draw more tourists to the area because tourists a lot of tourists ultimately are still choosing airbnbs over yeah. hotels and so it makes mm-hmm. it makes them more available so it makes it more appealing for people to come and visit our cities yeah i guess it does bring a little bit more value to some neighborhoods that have yeah. the airbnb but it does um it depends on who stays right yeah. it depends on the tourists yeah and i think it too it depends on the area too like yeah. uh, a lot of toronto hotels for example are super unaffordable or they're somewhere really sketchy yeah. <laughs> yeah. and if someone is renting out um you know like a condo or an apartment or whatever for an affordable price it now all of a sudden makes tourism possible for some people who it may not have been possible for them before yeah. right so um you know there's definitely benefits in that aspect i think on you know, on the same side of the coin as what you're saying, uh, the other thing that you could say kind of against these regulations is that it completely impedes the homeowner's ability to do what they want with their property. Like, yeah. it, it, you know, it restricts their um, their uses. Yeah, yeah. because in Toronto, um, you it has to be, if you want to do short-term rentals, it has to be part of your primary residence. For the most part. So in Toronto, I think it can be outside of your primary residence. Um, in Hamilton, actually, though, they're s- just implementing that now. So they're kind of following the like Toronto, Vancouver, Ottawa like models of um, restricting um, short term rentals. So essentially what's happening in Hamilton now, uh, as of May 31st of this year, 2023, you're going to have to acquire a short-term rental permit or license. Um, from what I understand and from what I've like found, you, it's not restricted on how many days of the year you can rent out. However, the term of the rental is restricted. Isn't there specific wards as well that would be affected instead of all of Hamilton? Um, I think that's what I might have saw. Actually, I'm not sure. Yeah, there's also like uh, certain wards as well that do require uh, those permits as well for long term rentals as well. No, I don't know. I'm not too sure about like I just read that it was a city of Hamilton implementation. Like I wasn't aware of districts necessarily. Okay, within Hamilton, like I'm not sure if it's like the mountain or downtown or whatever. I know there's been lots of complaints um, in downtown Hamilton uh, and part of the goal here is to crack down on like party houses because that's a big thing with Airbnb, right? Like renting a house with like 30 people, everyone pays like 20 bucks and you just go like nuts and party and it's a huge disturbance for the neighbors. It's a nightmare for the hosts (laughs) because you're destroying their property. Um... And, and, you know, it just causes a whole slew of issues. Um, one thing that has been implemented in Canada, apparently, which I didn't actually know this until I saw it today. Um, I haven't really rented an Airbnb in, like, 
have gone anywhere in, <laughs> I don't know, four or five years now. So it's been a while for me. But um, Airbnb is now restricting anyone under the age of 25 from renting a full house. Interesting. Oh, yeah. That's kind of like car rentals. Yeah. Yeah. So you're allowed to rent, um, I guess, like a room or like a basement apartment or whatever that someone's renting out, but you can't rent a full house. And that's to deter from having these massive house parties on someone else's property. And I feel like there was also a few, I remember seeing on the news, a few cases where there's been um, crime happening mm-hmm. at these parties. Um, and it was like a few times in a row where it's been gun violence. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah there was a couple instances in Hamilton where there were like major drug busts. Yeah. And then at also Airbnbs? at Airbnbs. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and then like underage drinking and yeah. just like a whole slew of stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it it's, can go. Uh, yeah, I feel like it can go south really, really fast, just depending on also like the area, the demographic downtown hamilton that makes perfect sense with mcmaster being so yeah. close by you yeah know? um yeah i think it just it, it's honestly it's as risky as 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 renting even long term because sometimes similar situations happen yeah you can but, get nightmare tenants yeah but with the frequency of how often you're renting a short-term rental you're just increasing those chances you're likely to run into those situations yeah 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 that's really interesting um speaking of like the partying and like the airbnb i remember when i was in high school during prom me and my friends so it was like my boyfriend and myself and two other couples we were renting an airbnb and me and my boyfriend had had so many already because i was a year older and i when you, you can only rent Airbnb when you're 18, which was mm. why I did it so much because it was also affordable and I couldn't get a hotel. Yeah. So I did an Airbnb for all of us and the host was very adamant about only two of the couples staying. The third couple had to go home and because it's prom night, we're all hanging out together. And for some reason, they found out how many shoes were still in the house because the third couple never went home for the evening. And they messaged us and said, can see all your shoes there's six pairs of shoes that is so creepy and our shoes were inside so (laughs) they had cameras inside yeah Yeah, i concluded that there was cameras inside and that's kind of what ignited my paranoia with having cameras in airbnb because they did not explicitly state that in the post or the ad nor did they get my permission so the fact that it was inside was concerning it's like is there one above the bed like we're all underage like we're all drinking underage being fucked up shit and probably having stuff yeah. um <laughs> but yeah you know like it's bizarre yeah that's actually horrifying because yeah like, to the point like not only are you guys underage but that's a complete violation of yeah. so many rights yeah. and airbnb's guidelines and policies and and every um every like platform like them like yeah. like verbo is another one right um they recently had what's their slogan it's something about yeah, I don't it's like shading airbnb <laughs> yeah it literally is throwing airbnb under the bus yeah something about uh how if you use verbo like your stay will always be private or whatever because the oh, person's yeah, something not gonna to do with like your landlord <clears throat> won't be yeah your host be won't you. be with you <laughs> yeah um because that's the thing that but i mean airbnb does offer like you know like rentals where your host isn't with you but they also offer rental you can just run a room like yeah it just depends on the regulations of the city right yeah and depends what you want so that's another thing with hamilton um you know in an effort to i guess create more affordable housing and more availability of housing for hamiltonians um part of the crackdown with uh short-term rentals 
is that you'll have to run it out of your private residence and your primary residence. Whereas I guess before you could, uh, you know, like buy a second property, live in your primary residence and then rent out your second property through Verbo, Airbnb, whatever, you know, any short term rental app, I guess, or platform. Um you can't do that anymore. So it has to be your primary residence, which means you're renting out your spare room, you're living in the basement, renting out your upstairs, you're living upstairs, renting out your basement, whatever it may be. Uh, So it's completely kind of changing the platform. So, you know, now in Hamilton, I'm not sure if there's other areas that are also employing the same kind of regulations, I guess, and strategies to like crack down on excessive short-term rentals. But, um, you know, in Hamilton, you have no choice but to stay with the host. Yeah. Because the hosts have to live there. <laughs> oh, I feel like that's going to be a whole new, like opening a door for a whole new level of horror stories because yeah. actually my brother's Airbnb horror story stems from that staying in a room where the host was there too. And I mean, just to kind of cut the story a little bit short, it was insane because she wanted them as the guests to follow her traditions, which is totally okay. And so she had very specific um, slippers for using inside the house. And uh, my brother went out for like a smoke at like 3 a.m. And he accidentally walked walked out to the porch in those slippers and walked back in with them on. And when he was walking back in through the door, she was there, <laughs> just standing there. Like, did you she wore the same slippers? Do have sensors? I don't know. So she knew he wore the same slippers and she started to go crazy and it just oh escalated. Um, anyways, she wouldn't leave the room he was staying in, even though it was his room. She kept saying, it's my house, but why are you renting it out then if you're not going to be comfortable? Anyways, my brother tried to just get past it and he just turned off the light to go to bed and he looks up and she's just sitting there in the corner of the room. <laughs> and so he thought at that point he's got to call 911 <laughs> and have them come and uh, That's a good call. See, what's, see what's happening. But yeah, even the police officers looked at her and they said, you are not fit for this kind of business model. Like if you have these really specific rules, you have no boundaries. She couldn't even wait until the next day and just tell him let's cancel the rest of your day she was there in the corner of his room at 3 a.m that's um, so horrifying cross-legged just wait like watching him <laughs> sleep um i i just have no idea it's just bizarre i feel like this this is about to happen to everybody <laughs> she was cross-legged just like in the corner <laughs> Oh God, Sharon's about to have a laughing fit. <laughs> Sharon's laughing fit. This cannot happen. Yeah, no one will ever give us a few <laughs> minutes. She's crying. Guys. She's crying. It's happening. Oh God. <laughs> oh my God. It's like our Christmas photo shoot yeah. all over again. Oh, get your shit together, girl. Thank God for a setting spray. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Would God. You she was just on the ground or i don't know i think he said she might have been in the closet or something i don't know and she was just there i can imagine like like, a closet with like the like like almost like california like the not fully you know not fully closed off like kind of see-through and just like she's just (laughs) so creepy oh Oh my god guys god that's horrifying Um, (laughs) is there footage he does have a video he does have a video yeah that is so funny oh my god i can't do that and a police report to back it up (laughs) (laughs) that's fucking awesome oh my god like i know for me like my 
<laughs> my only like negative experience again like i barely travel i stay in hotels so i didn't really have that much negative interactions with airbnbs but i did stay somewhere once we got like a chalet and oh my god what's that place called mont tremblant okay um so we're doing a, a little ski thingy in mont tremblant during um there's this thing that they do in university where like a billion kids go to Tremblant on like a ski trip and they call it something snow jam i think i don't know but we we were like oh fuck it let's go to let's go to like snow jam let's call it um but like let's not pay that much money (laughs) so let's just go to the same place on our own dime and we'll get an airbnb um i will say like overall positive experience but this place was supposed to sleep like 14 i think 10 of us went up together and they were including sleeping on like couches and like not even pulling it like pull out couches so i remember like my best friend kim and i best friend at the time at the time, <laughs> at the time <laughs> um, we like just slept on the couches and i mean we didn't give a shit we were like you know i was in first year university i was like fuck i don't i do not care um but like this place was like oh yeah we sleep like x amount of people we had less than that and we were like crashing on couches i'm like does it sleep morning if there's not beds for morning like they're like counting like this couch yeah. can have two and a quarter of a third person literally <laughs> like that, that's kind of what it felt like it reminds me of student rentals here in hamilton in particular that we've worked on quite oh, a yeah. few of them convert living rooms into bedrooms which is so crazy to me because i think that's so inhumane there's no common living area it's so crammed oh yeah and it goes beyond the the bylaws for occupancy like the number of occupancy in the house yeah yeah like i will say i've lived in like some pretty small places right like my mom and i (laughs) lived in a place that was like 1100 square feet my current apartment's 650 square feet my last place was i think 1600 um I have seen student rentals other than like my current apartment, like smaller than anywhere I've lived with my parents, right? Because also like legally to be included in square footage, it has to be above ground. So basements don't count. But like, like um, my mom and I had this one place, 1100 square feet. The basement was a little bit smaller than the top, like then it was a bungalow. I have seen bungalows smaller than my mom's and I's places that were like 10 bedrooms. Yeah. Yeah like what and it's literally like the most rinky-dink little kitchen tiny bedrooms that fit like just fit like a double bed oh and, and one, that's it and one fridge for 10 people one yeah. fridge for 10 people that reminds sometimes me of that not even yeah. 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 yeah 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 that's yeah. what i'm thinking about that place was probably yeah. like 12 1300 square feet above ground and then like a basement that was the same square footage i remember one of those bedrooms you had to walk through the furnace room to get to this bedroom bedroom. (laughs) and that guy always kept his his door open so it was really awkward i had to knock on the furnace room and then i'd had to walk in after he like half the time he was sleeping so it was awkward i'd have to like wake him up and yeah it mm-hmm. was really that, that guy was, was a sweetie though that guy was super nice he's cute i placed him though you're welcome you placed yeah. him oh, he was lovely to interact he with. was very lovely some of those oh my super god sleepy though the kid i put in that unit afterwards oh yeah or, i know which oh, one you're talking yeah um yeah the one of the tenants up there i remember i'd go frequently because that was a little bit of a hard um house to rent out because there was a lot more of the single rooms left instead of a big group renting it out. Yeah. It's not really walking distance to anywhere 
in particular it's like yeah. 20 minutes to closest grocery store walk yeah. and 30 <clears throat> minutes to campus and yeah. it was like a 15 minute walk to the bus and yeah. i always showed it in the winter yes when it was like so four cool. feet of snow <laughs> so one of the tenants like who was in the on the main floor we'd walk in and he would be super attitude like make sure you take off your shoes and stuff i'm like who do you think i am anyways like one day i walk in and he's like with it was valentine's day by the way with the full um like balloon and everything and stuff and he's all happy and shit he sees me he's like how long are you gonna take my girlfriend's on the way i was like the fuck sorry <laughs> was that f- <laughs> we're gonna blur that out for legal reasons <laughs> yes that was him nightmare person i remember he, he got so mad rude. at me once yeah. i sent notice like three days prior yeah. that i was gonna be there for an hour one afternoon yeah and he's like I have family coming over, so can you wrap it up? And I'm like, I have a showing in half an hour, and I sent notice. I'll take as long as I want, but family coming over to just chill to in your room, garbage apart. Like that doesn't even there's have no living room. There's no living room, no dining. Like I think no. they had like a table that didn't have any chairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> all the appliances were there. There was no outlets yeah. close by though, so it was just like a little like, living room for the appliances. Yeah. <laughs> literally, like you couldn't. Have you ever the microwave? The microwave is from like the 1950s. <laughs> it was like one of those like uh, the knob ones that you turn and it was like uh, wooden almost. <laughs> it was really interesting. Yeah. But they had two microwaves, which is a good start. Yeah. I remember the it one was supposed to so it was supposed to be a ten bedroom house, but it was yeah. nine bedrooms because <gasps> right? the tenant, tenant oh, tore down a wall. <laughs> that is like a nightmare. Students and turn it into a nine bedroom. There. Yeah, he he's still there. there he seemed nice though yeah he seemed great he was um, surprised it was him yeah yeah he's as of as of like last year he was still there and he was staying yeah. for so he should be living there right now this might be his last year i don't know but he's, yeah. he's still he's there. there now i don't know what kind of effect he has on the landlord maybe Ugh, that I place don't know. yeah you never know that you property never, was just fucking yeah it was it else. was a little nightmarish yeah that's that's the problem though right when you have you have landlords that are thinking how am i gonna maximize profit and then you have tenants that want the cheapest rent but when you're looking at everything that way you're compromising quality of life in a sense yeah Yeah, like how depressing would it be to live somewhere like that where you have nowhere but your room to be yeah like you don't even have a living room you could go hang out in and like sit on the couch and be social especially if you're not living with your friends yeah Mm -hmm. it's really upsetting yeah you're living with strangers there's no common area except for like maybe when you're making breakfast where you'd interact with someone and like chat oh my god the bathroom at some point in that particular property the tenants i mean there is a window but they wouldn't turn on the fan they let like there was water damage on the ceiling so it's yeah, it was literally peel. falling off it was horrible and th- they just kept blaming each other and then at some point they blamed the landlord and like what the hell is the landlord doing they, yeah. he's trying <laughs> to fix <laughs> it and then they kept fixing it after we were giving them notice to not use the bathroom anymore and they kept ruining it up until the maintenance man came and fixed it but they fi- he fixed it and then it kept happening because they kept using it they told them to not use it for a few days or yeah. a week or something and I don't know. Just like yeah. some some tenants could be nightmarish, some landlords could be nightmarish. That um, student rentals, it is something else. nightmare. Yeah, it's something but else. A lot of money you can make from it. Yeah, you can because I I know like personally when I was uh I went to Brock and where I lived, that the landlord he had owned that place for like a long long time like didn't have a mortgage on it. Um, even if he had bought it like at 
the time, like his mortgage probably would have been like the thousand dollar range. Yeah. But I, I knew for a fact that he had owned it for a while. We were each paying about five hundred bucks. Uh, six. I think it was actually a seven bedroom house, but only ever six of us lived there. But it was like three bedrooms upstairs, four bedrooms downstairs. But the my bedroom was like really big and it was technically like a rec room or whatever. And I just took it as a bedroom because like fuck it, why not? <laughs> um, but it was so we were paying six thousand dollars or sorry, not six thousand, holy fuck, three thousand a month to live there. And I mean, we had like an okay kitchen and like we had enough of a living room, <laughs> like, um, but that place was not worth three thousand dollars a month (laughs) like it was just it was absurd like it was this little tiny bungalow there was no fence around the backyard which was a shit show by the way (laughs) with the most ghetto neighbors and it was funny it was like a student street and a residential like oh like a mix like it was mixed so like every other house was students like partying like crazy and then there were families and we had like a ghetto like white trash family right beside us like they put a pool in the front lawn <laughs> like it's fucking crazy there, i think it was like <laughs> their place was about the size of ours like ours had been converted into four bedrooms in the basement and they were small bedrooms but they were like sufficient right like we could all fit a desk and my room is big but like we could all fit a desk and like a dresser and a bed no problem um and there were six of us and it was like that was like we no one else can live here um my neighbors at least 12 people living in there, there in the <laughs> same size house as us in a single family house single family oh. so not even like likely not even converted oh shit the way that ours was it was nuts oh yeah this is even like very prominent like you'll see that in rentals um i mean i noticed it when i lived in brampton you'd have like the basement apartment with at least 13 people in there oh, like shit. sometimes they'd be coming out and i'd be like how do you all even fit in there? One time I actually went in and I was curious. I was like, can I can I just come down and have a look? And it's just, it's it's not even like, I don't even think it's funny. It's a little bit sad because it's just like mattresses on the, yeah, yeah it's just ma- one mattress next to the other. And I get it. It's for affordability reasons. And when you first come to Canada, things are hard, but damn. <laughs> I don't that know is what, sad. Yeah. Oh my God yeah i'm actually pretty thankful i grew up with my brother being a landlord he is such a good person and he set such a good example i do intend to invest one day and and want to create a different experience for everybody he is so good he takes care of his tenants it's always all inclusive with internet and sometimes when they have hard times like one of his tenants uh his father or a family member died back home and he's like don't worry about rent this month send it home yeah that's the type of person he is and that's super solid yeah i mean not everyone can afford to do that but he is such a good example and i think because i look up to him i kind of want to be able to set that example for others and i can't wait to be able to be a good landlord one day yeah yeah i think there's this um i guess kind of trend of people a lot of people hate landlords yeah um a lot of landlords hate tenants yeah (laughs) and I i think the thing is we forget that we're renting out to like human beings who deserve like dignity and respect and we shouldn't be price gouging but also like at the at the same time like you know running a rental is kind of like a little business you know you you need to make profit but there is a point where the price gouging is insane right um yes your mortgage should be covered in your property taxes um yes you you know you should maybe take a little bit home but like at the end of the day like the actual property itself is the investment uh you should be cash flow even or just a little bit positive 
and I, I think that, you know, like, a, like people like your brother are amazing. Like, we need more of that because right now with whether it be short-term or long-term rentals, everything's insane. Like, it's through the roof. Like, yeah. I think people forget that they're renting to, like, normal human beings who not only need to afford to have a shelter over their head, but need to afford to eat food and (laughs) like in the world that we're in we all need an internet connection we all need a laptop we all need a cell phone to do work and stuff right uh it's just getting like i don't know in my opinion i think it's yeah it's a constant dilemma and almost balance Mm -hmm. it's it's gonna oopsie (laughs) it's gonna always be a little bit of a tug of war because it's just how do we find that um even middle ground and that's why i think it's also really important when you're thinking of getting an investment to talk to a realtor who um has experience with investments just so they can help guide you to a strategy that's right for you you need to you need to be prepared for all the costs associated and you need to be prepared that an investment is not all uh, like an investment property is not always a passive income it can be under the right conditions, but you have to make sure those conditions are correct. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that conversation, then you're in for a rude awakening. Yeah, that's the thing. If you buy at like the peak of, you know, like the the peak of prices in that time, like um, January 2022, yeah, you yeah. buy in a maybe not so great area where rental prices are so-so and you buy at the peak and you're dealing with that bullshit and then yeah. you're on a variable mortgage rate. Yeah. Right now, you're not covering your, you know, you're not cash flow positive. Yeah. But the the return is in the longevity of the investment. Yeah, I was going to say, so a lot of people, um, when you're having these investments, yeah, you, you could potentially make some profit every month. But by holding this property after buying it at a good time, at a good, decent market value, eventually you're going to be able to sell and your assets it is an asset essentially like the value is going to increase at some point and people always think that maybe because the market fluctuates Mm -hmm. the value will go lower but no in reality with the way that the world works and inflation works eventually the the value would go up and you'll be able to sell at a really good some sort of profit and you could gain some value like you don't always have to be making like crazy money every month from a rental that's not always the intention right it's about it's like investing your money into stocks and stuff it's not like you're seeing immediate like results every month right you have to almost view it in that kind of sense sometimes when investing like what is your intention what kind of outcome do you want to see with um Mm -hmm. this investment like doing that thorough planning like you said with your realtor to see what kind of investment what kind of property you want like do you want that monthly income or do you want to be able to hold on to the property do you want to burr like there's different options that yeah i think that's the that's the misconception right that you're going to buy a rental property and all of a sudden you're gonna have a thousand dollars in uh profit from rent every month like that's insane yeah like most landlords you know there are exceptions where for whatever reason, they are making a lot more money. I know I, I had um, I had a friend in Ottawa who their landlord had the potential to make a lot more money, like and have a huge monthly return. They didn't. They rented this place out to her, to my friend's girlfriend for like seven hundred bucks a month years ago, and she never moved. And he didn't even increase the rent like to the amount that he was legally allowed to, like as yeah. per the guidelines. Right? Never asked her for a dime more. Um. 
he could rent his place out for like two thousand dollars a month he's not doing it but he could right and and it's because he's owned that place like most of his life he's older he doesn't need the money it helps her out like he's he's, choosing to have a quality tenant yeah he's choosing to have a quality tenant who's making him a little bit of money he probably doesn't have a mortgage on it so he probably is making an extra you know 700 bucks a month um but that was his choice right and there are instances where you know landlords are making that kind of profit it's rare you should be juiced that you're yeah. making like a hundred bucks a month, yeah. two hundred bucks a month, and then your return is going to be in the long term holding onto that property. Yeah. It's valuation increasing, and yeah. you cashing out on that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are ignorant to these things, especially in this day and age. No one wants to work. A lot of people within our age range or even younger don't want to work. They just want like quick money. They don't want to. There's not a lot of value in terms of bringing. I don't know income or investments home like yeah there's not a lot of understanding behind that and yeah I think as realtors we are striving to kind of educate people in understanding like it's not sometimes it's not even easy being a homeowner like being a landlord or even vice versa being a tenant um you have to sort of see all perspectives and look at all your options yeah and even adding to kind of what you guys were saying before um an investment property can be an asset and it should be an asset but having that conversation before obtaining the asset Mm -hmm. so that you have an exit strategy for if it becomes a liability is so important yeah that's why you have to have the conversation you have to know Mm -hmm. if this property becomes a liability how am i going to get out how am i not going to get stuck and be emptying my pockets into this into into the property right yeah um it can be draining, it can be stressful, and it can honestly be something that can lead to a huge headache in your life when it was supposed to improve your quality of life. So, yeah. again, those conversations with an experienced realtor who can explain how an investment can be beneficial but be transparent and say, hey, sometimes it doesn't always go as planned, and this is what happens, and if this happens, this is what we would do, that's just really essential. Yeah, it, I think it's so important that you have a, a realtor, a mortgage broker, Yeah any any like industry professional that you consult uh even property managers or you know like stuff like that other landlords you know like set the expectation understand what your investment's going to look like today what it might look like in two years or three years or four years or whatever like understand the market fluctuates interest rates change um the amount that you can ask for in rent, like uh, even, I mean, we saw it in Toronto during COVID, prices tanked. Yeah. Rental prices are, they're not dropping drastically right now, but they're on the decline a little bit, right? Yeah. Understand Leveling what your investment yep. looks like and make sure you're in a position financially that you can take that risk. Yeah. I was going to sort of add to that a little bit in terms of an example. I had a client who had purchased a property as for investment purposes in a prominent neighborhood and we had difficulty leasing it out just because it wasn't it was a very unique property it was beautiful but ultimately i think what that situation is like when you're working with a realtor looking for an investment property um and you want to consider putting it on the market for lease after you do want to see if that realtor would be open to listing that property with you and helping you out in the process like i feel like that would sort of be like a full package purchasing an investment property and then also on top of that helping and assisting you with the lease uh and finding a tenant because i think those two would go hand in hand and um they need to be up for it they need to be confident that they themselves can lease it out and if they're not 
red flag yeah. might not be the right pop property for an investment exactly. or that kind of investment yeah right um some properties are better suited to short-term rentals and some are better to long-term rentals like uh for example a cottage property in the muskokas you're likely going to want to go the short-term rental route yeah. it's plausible the tourism will keep it going like who's living long term on the lake like year round yeah. in canada mm-hmm. <laughs> right um and i i think that's something that maybe a lot of realtors need to be more aware of when they're assisting their clients or more transparent like and also you can only offer your best advice ultimately it is a client's decision yeah. if they want to go contrary to what you're saying that's up to them but it is your job and part of your due diligence to let them know like hey in this market in this area if this is your goal with this property this could be the outcome these yeah. you know this could be the outcome yeah. this is kind of the trend in this area like whatever and i, I feel like that's skipped over quite a yeah. bit I, yeah definitely happened in that situation and yeah. yeah and feel free if anybody ever has questions where even if you already have a realtor, like you want to run something, a scenario by us, or you even want to start the conversation, we're honestly just a DM, a call, an email away. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we're always happy to help with any real estate inquiries, any leasing inquiries. Or life um, advice. Yeah. <laughs> life advice, landlording, uh, property, property management. management. Like yes. we're we're familiar enough with it and we've got the connections. Yeah. If yeah. we don't have the answer for you, we can certainly yeah. get it we'll for you. We'll hook you up. We know everybody. So don't yeah. worry. We got all the contacts. <laughs> we're not just your homegirls. We're everybody's yeah. homegirls. Yeah, we're, we're everybody's homegirls. Exactly. So. We'll hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And with that, uh, you can find us on Instagram, uh, your.home.com girls uh facebook's the same thing yeah um everywhere spotify really uh tiktok youtube yeah yeah and uh we're all over the place yeah <laughs> we're all over the map and yeah. as always our personal uh real t- real estate business accounts yeah. um we're all linked on our home pages yeah. everywhere so <laughs> you can find us uh dm us call us text us whatever with any questions <laughs> that you may have we're always happy to answer Awesome. Yeah. With that, thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, we hope to see you and hear you. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>